So it's good to be with you folks. Grace and peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. And it's customary to return the blessing, please. The so we'll rehearse one more time. The grace and our peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Thank you. That's so kind of you. In the turning of this week, life has changed, and that's already been noted. And in the turning of this week, life has changed, and habits upset, and opportunities for accident and circumstance increased manifold. So all that's just fair notice to say I'm probably going to step on it sometimes, or in it, probably more accurately. And then it's your responsibility to tell me you've stepped in it. Please step out of it. This is a good thing because it's part of the work of transition, changing and letting folks in and out. And to understand what is life-giving and what fits with the habits of comfort that we are and what does not. This week, lives have been celebrated there have been funerals. A farewell has been offered, and that's been significant. And the normal things of life have continued. What great care and affection you have spent saying farewell to Scott. Bittersweet, I'm sure. I won't presume to know your hearts in this. I wasn't here. I do know Scott and might understand where your heart might be. But I do pledge my companionship and support as you live through this transition and season of change. And for all this to happen at Pentecost, well, the poignancy is palpable. So Pentecost, 2022. Mostly at Pentecost, our attention is taken by miracles of wind and fire, sharing the good news in many and diverse languages, expanding the love of God, growing the church in an amazing bouquet of ethnic diversity. Here, in Pentecost, the story in Acts 2, there is no sweeping uniformity. No uniformity that, em that erases the beauty of each and every one. No, there is only unity. And it is found in the particularities of love, reveling in all the wonderful colors and rich ethnicities that make up the human family. This unity is the refrain throughout the book of Acts. We heard it very briefly in a phrase in the scripture reading this morning in Acts 1. In Acts 2, it is there two times, and the phrase is this, they were all together in one place. Eleven times we see that in the book of Acts. And that unity perplexes me. Not the place part, but the reference to being all together. What's the perplexing thing? 
When have you known the church to ever be all in one accord? <laughs> Never mind humanity assaulted by a pandemic. Remember the phrase at the beginning of COVID, we're all in this together? Hmm. Hmm. I doubt it. But to find accord in these 11 references through the book of Acts makes them more than simply introductions of the different parts of the story of the church that Luke tells. So that accord, that unity, spoken 11 times through the book of Acts, so frequently it marks the character of the church and the telling of the story, and to me that's perplexing, given the history of the church. Now far be it from me to be a pessimist, especially on my first day of service here. The church has known unity, it has. It could not have survived these several millennia without common cause. But I'm realist enough to say that whenever the miracle of accord or unity has been found in the church, it needs to have been well prepared and patiently sought regardless of the changes and challenges that beset the church. It needs a foundation in the habits of care. And the good news of Pentecost this morning is that, especially in light of the changes and challenges of this past week, the miracle of unity comes to us and comes because of the habits of support and care we have fostered for one another and with one another. Important, vital, essential care. It is our work to understand and cultivate that habit of care as a seedbed for the miracle and unity and vibrant life of the church going forward. So then what do we know of this habit and its sources? Christian Pentecost was 50 days, is 50 days after Easter. It coincides with Shavuot, the Jewish festival of weeks also 50 days after Passover, or whenever the sickle was first put to the, gra the grain, Leviticus 23. Sources are very careful to distinguish the two as separate and independent. Two millennia later, the memory of the coincidence of both of these is mostly erased. Yet what irony that the two were planted by the same wisdom, nurtured by the same love, enlivened by the same spirit, gave thanks to the same God. It's not a surprise to find traces of the same Holy Spirit in the festival of Shavuot as in Pentecost. It's not a surprise to find resonances that flow between these two celebrations, and it's those traces that alert us to our work this Pentecostal morning. Shavuot, the culmination of bringing in the sheaves. Pentecost, the ingathering of the nations. Both the result of much work 
diligent determination, attending to one's responsibilities and present to the turning of the seasons. While these two, Shavuot and Pentecost, at least Shavuot as a harvest festival, don't make sense in north and western climes, in the climate and geography of Palestine, they coincided. So that's part of where the energy gets linked. Shavuot is a community united by and for harvest. Pentecost is a community found in one accord. Now, it's not quite as perplexing as I first thought, this accord and this unity, if you have a little agriculture in your DNA. There's a little bit of dirt under the fingernails, under your fingernails. Last week at the relief sale, I asked Marge Dick where Larry was. Of course, I forgot, it's seeding time. They cash crop 100 acres, give or take, down in Niagara. And for them, this time of year is all hands on deck. In fact, several times a year it's all hands on deck, and each have their job to get the harvest in. First into the ground, and then into the granary. For us at home, it was apple cider in the fall. We were at Young's Press by Cherry Avenue early before the sun rose with bushels and bushels, a hundred and oh, probably 27 bushels of various varieties of apples and about 10 bushels of bosque pears. And we ground those and mashed them and pressed them and got gallons and gallons of cider, which we then pumped out all day long to customers that came up to the farm. And after the sun set, we cleaned up the equipment. All hands on deck, all motivated by the pressing, all with one accord to get the cider into people's freezers. Now, I'm not sure uh, if you remember the Silver Lake Smorg. Is that familiar to some anyway? Down in Niagara, what a feast. I'm sure Dave Bergen, who was the chief organizer, and I think he also referred to himself as chief bottle washer, claimed that this feast worked as, an, as a well-oiled machine. We only ever had one meeting to get it organized. Everyone knew their role, their place, what to do. The day came, the day went, the jobs were done. Silver Lake harvested several thousands of dollars. Campers harvested meaningful experience. The church grew. All in one accord. This building, restored, renovated, filled with a worshiping community, definitely a marker of Christian unity. All miraculous and all founded on care, trust, good faith, and common cause. Done once, can be done again. Maybe different activities, but all the same spirit just like Shabbat and Pentecost. Shabbat was blessed by the potentials of full granaries. Pentecost was blessed by visions and dreams. In fact, Luke quoted the prophet Joel in this. Your young men and your old women and old men and young women, dreams and visions all. 
The easiest way for me to follow the tracers to, in, to, to envision this connection is uh, to try and envision for you our shelf of canned peaches. All quart jars, mason lids, golden luscious half orbs, luxuriating, marinating in sweetened syrup. Well, unfortunately, we finished them Friday. Shelf is empty, can't show you a picture. But if a picture helps and your Facebook friends with Paul Bourne, check out his pages. You'll see his canning there, and you'll see it. I'm saying the dreams of the old and the visions of the young are like a shelf of canned peaches. A celebration of God's goodness, dessert in the feast of grace, and a vision of grateful hospitality. Now I know most of us don't take folks down into our fruit cellar to show them our shelves of canning. But that's where the prayer of Pentecost lives. That's where the vision, the dream of the hospitality of the Church of God lives. It's a celebration of God's goodness. It's all worthy dreams for a Pentecostal morning, then and now. Finally, Shavuot and Pentecost are both feasts of glad and generous hearts. Now I've translated that unstony hearts. That's Luke 2:46. Hearts giving thanks to God. The unstony heart references the often unacknowledged and sometimes loathed ritual, spring ritual of picking stones from vineyard and field. But I know of no farmer who ignores it nor a harvest cycle that skips it. It saves broken discs. It prevents seed drill skippage. And it saves the harvester's shear from being blunted. And it helps us understand our commitment that's necessary to build the communion of care. It's inglorious work. It wears down the body, it's hard and it's back-breaking but it prepares the field for planting. It opens it for growth and brings about an unimpeded harvest. This is the unstony heart. We all have responsibility to clear our hearts on the way to caring for others. And that brings us to today, communion on Pentecost. Today we celebrate the grace of God incarnate in the starches, the sugars, the proteins, the minerals, the waters, the tannins of bread and wine. Becoming in us the spirit and energy of the love of God for the care and love of all. And Shavuot connects to Pentecost again. The celebratory for the celebratory code for Shavuot prescribes bringing in two loaves of bread. That's Leviticus 23. Each made with two-tenths of an ephah of flour. Flour ground from spring wheat. 
Now, modern equivalents are tricky. I, I reckon that's about 18 cups of flour per loaf of bread. If you're a bed bread baker, <laughs> think about that. Your favorite recipe for bread, maybe three or four cups. 18 cups of flour to make a loaf of bread. And to bring two of them, that's a lot of bread for sharing. And all that sharing makes for a great celebration. Spring Shavuot tracks all that generosity into Pentecost. The habit of care accomplished the miracle of unity. The miracle of unity delivered by the Holy Spirit delivers communion. Uniting us in the love of God with neighbor, friend, and a world in need. A well-prepared, carefully sought habit of care for the unity of the Church of Christ. This is our celebration this morning. Thanks be to God.